The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. For the next three or four days, I want to study with you the life of one of God's faithful servants. And the thing that made him so mightily used of God was not who his daddy was, not his own ability, not his education, none of that. The thing that made his life so fruitful was the Lord was with him. In fact, four times in Genesis chapter number 39, that same expression is found. And before the week is done, we'll study all of it. The Lord was with Joseph. 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 Would you hear me with your heart for just a moment? If you come through this place and you get a head full of knowledge and notebooks filled with notes, but you leave here with a heart empty of the presence of God, you have missed the whole thing. Because the only thing that makes a life blessed is the Lord with us. With that in mind, I want you to open your copy of the Word of God with me in this hour to the book of Beginnings. I think that's a fitting place for us to go as we begin this new season in your life. And I want to bring you not to the famous chapter. No, no, life never begins with the famous chapters. I want to bring you to the, to the hidden part of Joseph's life. The story starts in Genesis chapter number 37. It'll give us a little jumping off place tonight for the rest of the week. And uh, Genesis 37 is the background for the story of the man who would become the prime minister of Egypt. And arguably in Genesis 37, I doubt seriously he had any idea or his daddy had any idea or his brothers had any idea where God was going to take him and what God was going to do with him. May I say tonight for the record, you have no idea what God has planned for you either, but I promise you, if you follow Jesus in faith and obedience, it will be better than anything you ever imagined in your life. And Genesis 37 is where the story unfolds. I was sitting there a moment ago thinking, there's a lot of stories in this room. I love the story of the college. I love to see the, the story of what God has done at this moment. But listen to me carefully. This gathering tonight is not just the story of an institution. It's the story of thousands and thousands of individuals. Some of you have come here. Many of you have come a long ways, and you think you're, you're lost in the crowd here somewhere. I want you to know you got your own story, and God knows exactly where you are at this moment. Nobody in this room is lost in the crowd to God the Lord has his eye on you at this moment. Look at Genesis 37, beginning in verse 1. And Jacob, that's Joseph's daddy, dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old. Time out. Stop and look at me just a minute. How many 17-year-olds are here? Wave at me just a second. If you're 17 years of age. When I went off to Bible college, I was 17 years of age. I had not yet turned 18, and my parents took me to Christian college, and I thought, what on earth have I gotten myself into? And I was 17 years of age. I want you to know the Lord delights in working in the lives of all people, but he especially delights in beginning in the youthful years because when you get God in on the beginning of the story, the ending of the story is always better. You put the pen in the divine author's hand and see what God can do with it. Look at it. Joseph 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. 
and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now, Israel, that's Jacob's new name, loved Joseph more than all his children. How many favorite children are here tonight? Would you raise your hand, please? How many of you know it wasn't you? Would you raise your hand, please? Yeah. My wife is with me, and our middle daughter, Lauren, is here somewhere. Middle children, you know, they get neglected. They really do. So, Lauren, wherever you are, this is a shout-out to you, all right? You're the only one with me, so this week you're the favorite. Well, Joseph really was the favorite. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. I've thought for, for years, what everybody knows about Joseph, if I took a survey tonight and said, tell me what you know about Joseph, everybody wants to talk about the coat of many colors. I want you to know that may have been what his earthly father gave him, but what the heavenly father gave him was much greater than that because it wasn't on the outside, it was on the inside. See, somebody can take your coat of many colors, but they can never take the presence of God from your life. When you come to know the Lord Jesus, Jesus moves in. He doesn't rent, he buys. He doesn't move in and out, he moves in to stay, and he brings all of his own furnishings with him. And he says, lo, I'm with you all, even to the end of the world, amen to that. Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're about to discover there's going to be a moment Joseph's not going to have Jacob, but there was never a moment he did not have God. My wife and I have dropped three children off at Christian College and said our goodbyes and cried our tears and had our partings, you moms and dads. I know, I know what you're dealing with, but I want you to know when, when mama and daddy can't be there, the Lord is still with them. Read carefully. The Bible says in verse 4, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Now, there's a verse many of us can understand. Is envy and jealousy. Verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. What I've just read with you in Genesis 37, these opening verses, is Joseph's past. Did you know everybody has a past? Everybody in this room has a past. Maybe in your past, you think, man, I've had the greatest privilege and opportunity and, and uh, my family was wonderful and life was great and, and I miss all that and people want to talk about the good old days. Some people get stuck in the blessings of their past and they, they spend the rest of their life talking about how great it was back there. May I just remind you that God is not just in your past, God is in your present. He's not a past tense God. The Lord, tell us what your name is. The Lord says, I am that I am. He's the present tense God. He's not I was or I will be. Wherever you are, he's a very present God, a very present help. So he is right where you are. And then other people get stuck in the great failures of their past. There's no doubt in my mind, a crowd this size, there are people right now in this room, there's some big ugly thing that happened in your life. Maybe it was something you did. Maybe it was something that was done to you. And like a, a big ugly X on your life, you think, that's going to mark me forever. I want you to know that God has made a way so that you can get past your past. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. You, you can't live on the blessings of the past, but praise God, you don't have to live under the burdens and the blots of the past either. You can live right now in the presence of God right where you are. That everybody has a past. Every person in this room has memories of things 
And frankly, some things we've even forgotten. They're part of who you are. They're part of how you got here. Don't ever, don't ever think that your past was not a part of God's plan. It is woven into the tapestry of your life, the, the fabric of what God is doing. See, I love this. God's not in time. Time's in God. God made time. God holds time in the palm of his hand, sees the end from the beginning. God is simultaneously in your past, in your present, and in your future. When you get to your future, you're going to meet God there because God's already there. God is working in all of your life to bring you to himself. And I want you to know that all of the past that you've had, the things you love and the things you hate, the things you don't want to leave and the things you want to get over, all of that is a part of what God is doing in your life at this very moment. You know what we got to do? We have to see the Lord in our past. Some people get so fixated in their past, they miss the rest of their life. There are people in this room like that. So fixated on your past, you're missing the joy of today. And you're going to miss all that God has planned for you. Let me tell you what the cure for that is. You can't erase your past. You shouldn't try to erase your past. None of us can do that. Here's what you got to do. You have to see the Lord in your past. And so, look with me. Look with me at the Lord in Joseph's past. If you look at verse number one, you see the Lord in where he was born. Where was he born? He was born in the land of Canaan. That was the land of promise. It was the providential place. It was the place that God had put his daddy and promised to his grandfather, and that's where he got to grow up. Now, he only got to live there about 17 years. That was it. And then he had to move on. But I want you to know, every place where God takes you, God wants to meet you there. Every place that you pass through. See, you're just passing through this place. Let me tell you about college, all right? I, I, I not only went to college, I served in college for a long time. Let me tell you about college. College doesn't last forever. And all God's students said amen to that. It's a parenthesis. It's not supposed to last forever. Now, if you're a graduate and you're still working here, I guess it lasts forever, right? This is a parenthesis in your life. This is not the whole story, but please don't miss this. This is a part of the story. This is a stopping off place, and the Lord did not bring you to Pensacola Christian College. He did not bring you to Pensacola Christian College. He was trying to bring you to himself. See, we reduce life to geography. I want you to know the God who was God back home is God here. And the God who's God here is going to be God when you get halfway around the world in a few years. Because God is God everywhere, and God is working wherever you are to bring you to himself. That's not all. Look at verse number 2. Notice when Joseph comes on the scene here. It's when his daddy was an old man. I must tell you, this was a difficult time in Jacob's life, which meant it was a difficult time in Joseph's life. It's part of what brought the conflict and the friction between he and his brothers. But I love this. God's timing is always right. Some of you are second-guessing God right now, wondering, Lord, did I make a mistake? Did you make a mistake? I want you to know the Lord never makes a mistake. His timetable may not be yours, but God is always right on time. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. God works in the lives of his children always right on time. 
I'm hearing a lot of talk about how bad the world is right now. They, they, they took a survey of university campuses not long ago, and they asked university students, if you could live at any time period in history, when would you like to live? Top three answers. The old Victorian era of England, the Wild West, and the Roaring Twenties. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd like to visit all three of them for a day or two. But I want you to listen to me very carefully. People talk about the greatest generation like, like that's all past. I believe we are living at the greatest moment in the history of the world. Not long ago, I heard somebody say to a group of young people, I'm glad I'm not growing up in the world you're growing up in. And I thought, heaven help, I hope my children aren't listening right now. God is at work at this present hour. Look, you understand, you understand that there's more opportunity for the child of God in this generation than any generation in the history of the world. You understand that we may be on the welcoming committee for the Son of God. It may be in our generation. Some generation of students is going to be here studying and serving when the trumpet sounds and we leave out of here. And I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, well, I want to get married first. I understand that. But I want to tell you, if the Lord Jesus comes before I finish preaching tonight, you're not going to be disappointed. I can guarantee you that. Because whatever's over there is going to be infinitely better than what's over here. Don't you miss the place where God has brought you. And don't you miss the time that God has chosen for you. You are here by divine appointment at this moment. Don't miss God in that. And then you got to see the Lord not just in the where and the when, but in the who. This is where the rubber meets the road. Look at verse number 3. you got his daddy who loved him. And verse number four, you've got his brothers who hated him. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've learned at this juncture on my journey. God uses all those people. There are men and women here in this place who want to invest in you. There are teachers, lots of teachers here. They want to instruct you. They want to pour into your life. You've had pastors pour into your life. You've had youth leaders and teachers and coaches and youth directors and moms and dads. Thank God for every Jacob the Lord brings into your life to pour God's truth into you. Take advantage of that. Don't miss it. Don't, don't sit in the shadows. Don't, don't live on the, on the edges and miss what God has for you. It's no accident the Lord brought you here. It's not about men and women. It's about God working through those men and women to teach you more about himself. But I don't want you to miss the point of the passage. Did you ever notice that it was not his father who got him to the place that God had chosen for him? <laughs> I'm speaking as a dad right now. I want the best for my kids. But I must tell you, as a father, I always want to choose, you know, remove all the difficulty and remove all the conflict and remove all the problems. But the heavenly father, who knows much better than the earthly father does, sometimes chooses something different for our children. And don't miss this. Joseph would have never gotten to Egypt and been in the place that God had chosen for him if he had only had the Jacobs in his life. He had to have some of the people that hated him, that pushed back against him, because in the opposition. God was at work in his life. You think if you just have enough people patting you on the back, you'll make it. I want you to know, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have friction if you move forward. You're going to have struggle and stress and strain in life. Join the club. Get in line. Take a number. That's the way it is if you're going to serve Jesus Christ. But God is working not in spite of that 
but actually through that and through those people to bring you nearer to himself. And so we see the Lord and where he was born and when he lived and who God brought into his life. And we see the Lord in what God did in his heart. Look at verse number 5, Joseph dreamed a dream. This is not the kind of dream you dream when you ate too much pizza before you went to bed. This is the kind of dream you dream when God is showing you something. For the record, we're now New Testament Christians. We have the finished revelation of God. God speaks to us through his holy word. But you've got to understand, we're way back in the book of Genesis. Now, Joseph had no holy scriptures to read like this, but God spoke to him, and God wants to speak to you. Even in this opening convocation this week, I don't want you to hear me. I'm content with you forgetting my name. I, I'm not under some illusion. You're going to remember my outline, all I said. Let me tell you what I really want. I want you to hear the voice of Almighty God this week. Forget my words, but get his word. Because in the end, the only thing that matters is what God is trying to put in your heart. Young lady, God knows where you came from. God knows when you're living. God knows who he's brought into your life, and God knows what he's trying to teach you. Young man, God is up to something in your life. By the way, this isn't just good for young people. This is good for old people too. God is working in the past of your life to get you ready for all of the future he has prepared for you. And for the record, it's, it's wonderful. It's exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or even think. It's great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. It may not be what you expected, but I want you to know God's expectation is much greater than our expectation. God has something for your life. And it doesn't start with something. It starts with someone. God is seeking to bring you to himself. Would you go with me to the end of the story? You can tell somebody we preached the whole life of Joseph in one service, all right? Go to Genesis 49. We'll get here before the week is done. We'll, we'll walk through the life of Joseph. You might want to read from jo Genesis 37 to Genesis 50 and devotionally meditate on this. That'd be a great thing. But look at Genesis 49. Oh, I love this. Look at Genesis 49, verse 22. Because you know all the junk that happened between, right? Like you know about him being sold into slavery. He's like a two-week walk from home. Did you know that? And then he gets hired to, to be in a house. You know what God's doing? God's just getting him a little closer to all the will of God for him. And then he is thrown in jail and forgotten. Some of you think the Lord's forgotten you. God knows right where you are. And waiting time is never wasted time. And finally, there came that moment, that breakthrough, when God started unfolding to Joseph all that he'd been working to produce all along. And so we come to Genesis 49 and verse number 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Let's take a survey. How many of you would like your life to be fruitful? Would you raise your hand? Look here, you want to just spend money and get an education or you want to be fruitful? Talk to me just a second. What would you like? I'd like to be fruitful. Joseph's life looked barren. God made it fruitful. I've marked two words in my Bible in verse 22. I marked the word well and the word wall. You'll have both. You'll have the well and you'll have the wall. One of the two is going to define your life. You're going to have obstacles and opposition and pushback. You really think the devil's going to be excited about what God's doing in your life? 
You think everybody's going to be thrilled you're following Jesus? Absolutely not. There's going to be a wall, but don't you forget this. You've got a well that you can draw from. You've got divine resources. You draw from the well, you grow over the wall. Joseph wasn't pinned in by his brothers, and you're not pinned in by your circumstances. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who can separate you from the love of God? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't just have walls, you've got a well. Look at verse number 23. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. That's a battle scene. But his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Now, please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. He's using military analogy here. How many of you ever shot a bow and arrow? When Grant was... When Grant was just a little boy, we bought him a bow and arrow. That was one of the worst mistakes I ever made in my life. It wasn't that he just shot it for the wrong purposes. One day I looked out the window, and he was beating a neighborhood boy over the head with the bow. That's not what you're supposed to do with it. But I remember he was just a little boy. It, it was too strong for him, and he's out there struggling. You know what I'm talking about. He can't pull it back. Too much, too much tension. Watch this. You know what Daddy did? I came alongside, and I put my arm over his arm and my hand over his hand, and I pulled back easily what he was struggling to pull back. Did you know that's the exact phrase that's used right here in verse number 24? Joseph was not strong. This school doesn't exist to make you strong. This school exists to tell you you're weak, but your God is strong. The message of this place is not pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make something of yourself, be somebody. That's secular. The spiritual mind says this, I am nothing, but God is everything. I can't, but I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And you know what God does? Oh, I love this. The heavenly Father comes, puts his mighty big arm around your little arm, and his mighty hand, the hand of the creator and the savior and the judge of all the earth on top of your little hand, and the Lord pulls back what you could never pull back on your own. God makes you fruitful and God makes you victorious. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee and by the Almighty who shall bless thee. Look at the list. With blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors under the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. See, we got a whole generation that wants the product without the process. I want you to know, you don't get the blessings apart from the blesser. Too many people trying to figure out how they can get God's gifts and use God's gifts. Stop thinking about the gifts and start thinking about the giver. You get close to God, and God will bring into your life every good thing he has planned for you. This is the school you never graduate from. I'm 47 years of age. Went through college and grad school and seminary, and I want you to know I've never graduated from, from the Lord's school. Every day God's teaching me that I'm nothing and that I must lean on him. It is the greatest lesson you will learn here. You must see God in your life and desire nothing more and nothing less than the presence of God every day. Can I show you something and I'll be done? There's actually three people in this little passage I just read to you. There's Jacob. Everybody mark Jacob's name, would you, in verse number 24. That's Joseph's daddy. 
How many of you thank God for your parents? Wave at me. Thank God for your parents? Good. They're still here. That was your chance, all right? I thank God for my parents. My dad's pastored the same church for the last 33 years. Tonight's his last service as the pastor of our home church. He's passing the baton, or should say passing the shepherd's staff to a wonderful new pastor, and I thank God for my dad and mom. You know why God gives you Jacobs? He gives you Jacobs to remind you of truth. You haven't lived long enough to experience yourself. You ever wonder why I use Jacob's name? Because Jacob wasn't what he went by anymore. No, by the time you get to this passage, he's not called Jacob. He's got a new name. He's called Israel. Jacob was the old name. It means trickster, deceiver. Israel means prince with God. How many of you know Israel sounds better than Jacob? Yes. And yet the Holy Ghost said, no, no, the God of Jacob. Why? You know what Jacob was? A reminder that we are weak and we need the Lord. Look at Daddy. Everybody look at Daddy walk. Because Jacob... Walked with a limp all of his life because he had that encounter with the Lord in the middle of the night and God touched the hollow of his thigh and reminded him that it wasn't about how fast he could run or what he could produce. And for the rest of his life, the Bible says, he halted on the hollow of his thigh. Every time Jacob walked and every time the family saw him, it was a reminder that it wasn't about Jacob, it was all about the God of Jacob. And the Lord will touch things in your life to remind you it's not about you, it's about him. So you got Jacob, then Mark Joseph. You got Joseph. That's who we're studying this week. And there's so much truth in the life of Joseph. It's like a mirror on us. We're not just, we're not just studying Joseph. No, Lord, speak to me. Show me what you're doing in my life. But there's a third person in this passage, and I don't want you to miss him. Because he's really who the whole thing's about. In fact, this college wouldn't even be here tonight if it wasn't for the third person in the passage. This this gathering would not even have happened if it's not for the third person in the passage. You say, well, I don't, I don't see another name there. Who is it? It's Jesus. You say, Jesus is in this passage? Mm-hmm. In Genesis? Oh, yeah. Actually, he was way back in Genesis 3.15. In fact, if you want to get technical about it, the Son of God has always been because he's the eternal Son, so he's the one who created the world. He's always been. There's no beginning to the Lord Jesus. But here he is thousands of years on the pages of Holy Scripture before Bethlehem. And notice, please, in verse 24, it's in the parenthesis. Aren't you glad even God's parenthesis are inspired? You know what a parenthesis is? A parenthesis is something that doesn't last forever, but it gives more definition and meaning to the rest of the story. Please don't miss the Holy Ghost-inspired parenthesis at the end of verse number 24. From thence is the, what's that next word, church? Shepherd. And then he adds something. He's not just the shepherd. He's the what? The stone. Would you mark the shepherd and the stone? And I'm going to tell you tonight who the shepherd and the stone are. The shepherd and the stone is Jesus. Who shepherded Israel? It wasn't Abraham. It wasn't Moses. The Lord did that. Who was the stone they built on? Who is the stone the church is built on? Oh, I love this. Do you see the gentleness of God as the shepherd and the strength of God as the stone? Do you see the love and tenderness of the shepherd caring for us and meeting our needs wherever we are, whatever we're dealing with, and whoever we're dealing with, the shepherd is with you, and he's not going to leave you or forsake you. He has never forgotten you, never failed you, and he's not about to start now. But he's not just the shepherd, he's the stone. You know what a stone is? Something firm you can build your life on. And some of you right now are overtaken with emotion. If you let emotions run your life, they'll ruin your life. You know what you need to do? You need to build on something true and solid and steadfast that doesn't shake and change with the weather. His name is Jesus Christ. And this week, 
I don't want you to just learn more about Joseph this week. I want you to come to know Jesus. Somebody said, are you an Old Testament person or a New Testament person? Yes. Yes. Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, and the divine revelation begins right here in Genesis and just keeps opening, and layers like peels of an onion folding back come until finally you have the full revelation of Jesus Christ. But from start to finish, it is all about us knowing Jesus and living every day consciously in the presence of Almighty God. And most of you I don't know. Many of you I do, but most of you I do not know. But I know this, you got a story. you got a place and a time and a people and something God's doing in your heart. And maybe you don't understand it. You can't figure it out. Maybe you don't even really like it. I want you to know God brought you to this moment because God is seeking to bring you to himself. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.